you with a series of sermons on numbers. And the text this morning is Numbers 26, verse 11. And there we read the following. Nevertheless, the children of Korah did not die. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Numbers 26, the chapter in which we find our text, you have the second numbering of the Israelite men able to wage war tribe by tribe. The first numbering took place just after they had left Egypt 40 years before. Now, 40 years later, all that generation who had refused to enter Canaan before had died in the wilderness except for Joshua and Caleb. And under the tribe of the Reubenites, all the tribes are listed, and under that tribe of the Reubenites, you have also Dathan and Abiram as leaders, heads of families. They're listed in verse 9, but then suddenly there's a gap in the list of families. You'd expect that there would be young men able to wage war from those Reubenite families, but there aren't. The tribe of Reuben just about died out. By the time Israel entered the promised land, those sons of Dathan and Abiram perished when God punished the company of Korah. We read a small part of number 16 where that rebellion of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram is described. Korah disputed the leadership of Aaron. Korah wanted to be high priest himself. Dathan and Abiram disputed the leadership of Moses. They banded together. And you know what happened as a result of that rebellion led by Korah? They all perished because of their sins, died under God's wrath. But then comes our text. It says there, nevertheless, the children of Korah did not die. Now, you read a chapter like that, and you can easily just read over a verse like that and not pay any attention to it. But the Holy Spirit, who inspired Moses to write that verse down, wanted to make sure that we also today understand and learn from the fact that Korah's children did not die with their father. There is something to this that deserves our attention, and that's what that first word in that verse implies. Nevertheless, it says, nevertheless, the children of Korah did not die. Why does, our, why does the Spirit draw our attention to the fact that those children didn't die along with their father under God's wrath. That's what our text for this morning is about. We'll consider that. Then the theme for the sermon is the children of Korah did not die. We see three things in connection with that. First of all, they knew the Lord. Secondly, they knew resistance to the Lord. And thirdly, they made the good choice for the Lord. First of all, they knew the Lord. 
Congregation, those children of Korah were extremely privileged. We look at, we consider that in the first place. They were covenant children of God, born into the covenant with rich and everlasting promises. The boys circumcised as a seal of God's promises. Beautiful. At Sinai, their parents had heard God's voice speaking from the mountain, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. God never said that to any of the Egyptians or the Amalekites or any other nation, that he was the Lord their God. He had not delivered any other of those nations from bondage. Only the, Israelite of all, the Israelites of all nations. And the family of Korah belonged to that covenant nation. God's people. And it was God's grace that those children of Korah also belonged to his people and had his wonderful promises. I will give you the land of Canaan. And that we also know that it wasn't just about the land of Canaan, but the promised land was beyond, was eternal life. So, first of all, those children were then raised in a covenant home. And what, what a privilege they had. They, those children of Korah, who was a Levite, well, those, those Levites were camped closest of all to the tabernacle of the Lord. In fact, Korah's tent, from Korah's tent, you saw the entrance to the tabernacle. That means those children of Korah, you could say, grew up in the shadow of the tabernacle where the Lord lived among his people and where the cloud of the Lord hovered over his holy place and where the administration of grace took place from day to day. And every day those children, along with their parents, ate the manna that fell around the camp, that food from heaven. They heard about how the Lord God had wonderfully brought his people Israel out of Egypt and how he led them through the Red Sea between two walls of water. They heard about the great works of God for his people. They heard about it because they lived close to the tabernacle and, and where the people gathered too. That whole area where the people gathered, they could hear the proclamation of those things even if they were in the tent. And their parents told them about these things. That was a God's command to covenant parents. They tell their children of the great deeds of God so that they would put their hope in God and not forget his deeds. Those children of Korah knew the Lord, the God of Israel. They had learned to worship him and to pray to him. They knew what atonement for their sins was about. They saw the Levites bring the offerings in the tabernacle. They saw the smoke of the sacrifices rise above the altar there, proclaiming forgiveness of their sins with the Lord God. Great privilege. Congregation, we here today actually have a lot in common with those children of Korah, don't we? Covenant people carry the sign and seal of God's promises. The Lord set us apart for himself out of all peoples. Not because we're any better, but in his grace, in his great mercy. In other words, we have the same basic privileges as those children of Korah. 
Most of us have been raised as covenant children of God. And so we know God and his great deeds. In fact, we know of even greater deeds of God than those children of Korah living close to the tabernacle. We know and we hear Sunday after Sunday and also at home at the scripture reading. We know the Son of God who was crucified, who descended into hell for us and perished for us on Golgotha. And we know that he rose and ascended so so that when we pray, he intercedes for us. Wonderful, those privileges we have too. And we see people who are born into riches. Hey, me, you know, you drive around town, you rich part of town, you big people born into riches, and they have big homes with swimming pools, and they drive fancy cars and are respected wherever they go. And maybe we long for those kind of privileges too here would be nice but do we appreciate how privileged we are to know the Lord God the God of grace today how privileged above so many others around us who do not know him that we have eternal promises from the Lord God who never fails those who are his the rich here may have all kinds of privileges but they don't know the Lord so they're actually pretty poor when it comes down to it. And we're rich, privileged. They don't have the blessings forevermore which God has promised to us in Christ. We are rich. Let's always keep the words of David in Psalm 103 in our hearts. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know the Lord as the children of Korah knew the Lord. We come to the second part of the sermon. The children of Korah knew of resistance to the Lord. Congregation, it wasn't all peace and piety in Israel on their way through the wilderness toward the promised land, even though by rights it should have been that. It wasn't. But the Israelites were still weak and sinful people and the devil did his best to get them to murmur against God and against Moses and Aaron. The devil hates unity in the church because then he isn't able to accomplish what he would like to accomplish. He wants to sow discord in the hearts of God's people. And he sometimes, all too often... He can succeed because the hearts of God's people are also by nature sinful and inclined to foolish pride. How are things in the house of Korah? Well, Father Korah was not happy that he had not been promoted to higher position of leadership in Israel. He felt he was doing a good job as a Levite. He wanted to move on to greater things. Why could he not perform the duties of the high priest in the tabernacle? Why could he not be chosen high priest by the people? Why was that work only reserved for Aaron and his sons? And see, envy... The seed of envy was planted in his heart and it grew and it grew there. Envy is so often at the root of a lot of trouble between brothers. Envy 
means not being able to stand it that somebody has a better standing than you, a better position in life. And the other side of the same coin of envy is that you're not satisfied with the place you have received from God at this time. Envy is so destructive when it takes root and grows here in your heart. It's rottenness in the bones, it says in Proverbs 14. And the rot was there in the house of Korah. You know, you know where envy, by the way, could see, be seen most clearly in the Bible too? With the Pharisees and the scribes in Jesus' days on earth. It says, Matthew 27, that it was out of envy. Even Pilate recognized that it was out of envy that they handed him over to Pilate to be condemned and crucified. Those Jewish leaders couldn't stand it that the people were eager to hear the words of the Lord Jesus. They couldn't abide that he was able to heal the sick and make the disabled whole and even raise the dead to life and that people followed him. Those miracles at least should have brought them to realize he was from God. But the envy had taken such root in their hearts they were blind to that And they were consumed by their envy. They couldn't bear it that people were saved by Christ. That he delivered people from sin and from the powers of darkness. Well, we see a kind of a prophecy of that envy against our Lord in the wilderness already. With Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Aaron had been appointed and anointed as high priest by God. To serve him in the tabernacle. Given that task. Not because he sought his own honor. Wanted to do his own thing. But to serve God. On behalf of the people. Intercede with God. And therefore also serve the people. And see that was Korah's ultimate problem. He didn't see that the office was all about serving. He was a Levite who had certain tasks related to the tabernacle, but was, it was all only an outward thing for him. He served God in the tabernacle, but he didn't understand that it was really the Lord he was serving, not himself or some other people. You see, you can be close to the worship of the Lord God and still be an eternity away from actually serving and worshiping him. You might wonder at that, being so close to the worship of God and yet not taking it to heart. That's something we have to watch out for too, congregation. That we end up going to church, doing all the right things, read the Bible at home, pray and so on. In the meantime, not truly understand the worship of God. Not truly taking it to heart. Don't forget, there were people also close to the Lord Jesus when he was on earth who heard him preach, saw his miracles, but were not really joined to him in heart and soul. How is that possible? And we don't even have to just think of Judas, but others too. It says in the New Testament that at one point Jesus was amazed at the unbelief of the people of Nazareth where he grew up so that he, did, he couldn't perform many miracles there. 
so also Korah. Envy ate away in Korah's heart, Father Korah's heart, so that his heart was not in what he was doing at the tabernacle and in the public worship of the Lord God there. He was called to it. Now we said before that it was a privilege for Korah's children to be raised there in the shadow of the tabernacle, but to a certain extent, we also have to feel sorry then for those children of Korah, don't we? They never experienced at home, at least in their father, heartfelt connection with God. Instead, they were raised in an atmosphere of criticism and murmuring and bitterness. In that home, in the home of Korah, Moses and Aaron and the others connected to the leadership of Israel were constantly criticized and ultimately his criticism of God. Think of what it says about Korah in the letter of Jude in the New Testament. Korah is mentioned there, the letter of Jude, that that letter was full, full of condemnation. Jude warns against people who reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries or leaders. And then as example, in Jude 11, he mentions Korah and those who perished with him in his rebellion. So we know that's what happened in the house of Korah, speaking evil of the leaders. Oh, maybe Korah provided well for his children, you know. Good, good living. And he, maybe he showed them genuine, natural love as, his, as their father. Maybe he was a, a loving father. But he lacked humility before God. And he wasn't satisfied with the place God had given him in Israel. And in his pride, he spoke evil of those above him and he criticized them. You can imagine that the children of Korah heard that day after day. Who does Moses think he is telling others what to do? Thinks he knows it better than anybody else. Or what, what business of it is this and that to Aaron? Who is Aaron? He thinks he's so high and mighty going into the holy place with the incense every day. Not nice for kids to grow up in that kind of an atmosphere of dissatisfaction and criticism. Maybe those children sometimes groaned under all that criticism and bitterness. They rolled their eyes and thought, oh, not this again. It's sad when people are only out for themselves for their own honor. And all they do is complain about others. It's sad for children when they see and hear adults seeking their own honor instead of God's honor in a covenant home. You feel sorry for those children of Korah. What would come of them coming from a household like that? What could come of them? What image of God and serving God did they get from home? Nowadays, you know, there's a fair bit of attention 
for the proper upbringing of children and their education, but the most important things kids can teach their children by word and especially also example is how to have a living relationship with the Lord. We cannot give our children faith. The Holy Spirit does that. But parents and congregation around parents can certainly provide good guidance and example to the next generation of how important that is, that relationship with their covenant God. Children are sensitive to genuine faith. children of Korah didn't see that at home. Those children of Korah knew resistance to the Lord. They grew up in a covenant home, but there was no living out of the covenant grace. They knew unbelief, and they had to deal with it every time they came home. And maybe they hated to come home because of it. Congregation again, We cannot give our children faith, but we sure can make it difficult for them to love Christ and believe the new life there is in him if they don't see that in action at home. Let's make our homes places where the next generation sees and experiences living faith and peace in the Lord. We come to the last part. Chorus children made the good choice for the Lord. Congregation, how did those children of Korah deal with what they heard and experienced at home from their parents? Well, that becomes apparent then on the day that God's judgment came to bear against Korah, Dathan, and Abiram in the wilderness. That day, in fact, we could say that day is a foreshadowing of the day when Jesus Christ himself comes to judge the living and the dead. Then it will be clear to us and to all what our relationship with God and our neighbor really was in this life. We learn from number 16 that things got pretty intense on that day with Korah and his followers there in the wilderness. Korah and his company spoke nasty things against Moses and Aaron. Why did you bring us here? You misled us. So Moses called an assembly before the tabernacle on the next day. There was still time to repent. Moses prayed and the Lord gave another day. But the next day there were Korah and his supporters with their censers for fire for burning incense in the tabernacle. And Dathan and Abiram, they they stayed standing at their tents, refused to come. And at the tabernacle, you then had on the one side all those there with Korah, with censers, with fire burning incense in them, 250 men. On the other side were Moses and Aaron with his censer. And Moses said, the Lord himself will show who he chooses as priest. Well, then the Lord God said to Moses, I'm going to destroy this group in one shot. So tell everybody to get away from them. That means also separate from the tents of those men and their company. So at that moment, everybody had to choose whether to support Korah and his company or Moses and Aaron. You you realize it was a tense moment. 
And you'd think that maybe the children of Korah would have chosen for their dad. Remained at the home tent. Children should obey their parents, shouldn't they? Only in what is right. The Lord Jesus said, whoever loves father or mother or brother or sister more than me is not worthy of me. Love for God and for Christ is above all. Those children of Korah had that in their hearts. The Spirit had planted that in their hearts. Consider again the text. Nevertheless, the children of Korah did not die. And who knows? Maybe in the tent of Korah there had been hot and heavy discussions between Korah and his children. Who knows exactly how old they were, but they were younger. It was very possible that Korah might even have threatened to kick them out of the family tent, disown them. They didn't go along with him. We don't know for sure. One thing we don't do know for sure, though, those children of Korah chose for the Lord, their God, and against their father and the evil he was doing and the people who were with him. And their choice was so strong that they separated themselves from him at that time. It was an instant decision. They stepped back, away. And with that, they showed they didn't support their father and those standing with him there with their censors in their whole complaint and murmuring against Moses and Aaron against God, they openly declared those men to be wrong and ungodly in what they were doing. The children proclaimed their father wrong and ungodly in what he was doing there. Amazing if you think about it. They had been told over and over at home that Moses and Aaron were rotten dictators and their father knew better than those men. Heard a lot of criticism and resentment and antagonism in the family circle. But they still chose for Moses and Aaron and for the Lord above their father and how he had raised them. Chose the Lord above their father and his ambitions. And you can imagine how that pained pained them. It hurt them. Must have grieved for their father afterwards. But the Holy Spirit had instructed them in their hearts through what they saw taking place close to home at the tabernacle from day to day and what they heard at the tabernacle. The Holy Spirit had been working in their hearts through that. They understood the grace of God and the desire had grown in their hearts to love and serve the Lord God above everything else. They had already, we could say, they had already become conformed to the image of Christ in this. And that's why they stepped away when Moses said, separate yourselves from this company for the Lord is going to judge them. They put into practice what the Lord Jesus spoke about in the New Testament. We mentioned that before. Whoever loves father and mother above me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves a young man or a young woman more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his or her work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves anything or anyone more than me is not worthy of me 
Nevertheless, the children of Korah did not die. Nevertheless, you hear the, the amazement in that, right? And notice, it doesn't say in the text that one or a few of Korah's children did not die. No, the children did not die. And that means all of them. I don't think it's stretching it if we say that those young people spoke with each other and they encouraged each other in their home. We, we have to make the good choice here. Choose for the Lord, not for dad. Dad's wrong in this. Encouraged each other. It's great, young people. If you can speak to your parents about the Lord and how to serve him and your, about your struggles in making good choices in your life and ultimately the good choice, for instance, profession of faith... It's good if you could talk to your parents about that. But it could also be that you can't talk to them about that for some reason. However, think of the children of Korah then. They discussed those things among, among themselves as young people. And they encouraged each other in the good choice Young people among themselves can be very supportive of each other in choosing for the Lord in all the choices they have to make in their lives. Choosing career, choosing friends, choosing boyfriend, girlfriend, separating from those who are caught up in sinful, design, in sinful designs. You have the same faith as young people together. You have similar struggles you talk similar language. You have similar emotions. You have similar hopes and desires. And then it's so good and so necessary to make good friends, especially friends in the faith, to hang with, who can encourage you and you can encourage them in their faith. And I'm going to take this as an incentive to advertise the young people's Bible study for the coming season. Young people, you can be so helpful and encouraging and stimulating for each other in the sometimes difficult choices you need to make as Christians in your life. Be there. Congregation, Dathan and Abiram, their families and supporters and their tents were swallowed up by the earth. Korah's tent and the tents of those who supported him in his rebellion also swallowed up by the earth with everything and everything and everyone in them disappeared. And Korah, Korah's 250 fellow Levites with their censers consumed by the fire of the Lord from heaven in an instant. All wiped away because of their, they chose against God. They refused to accept God's choosing of his servants. However, those children of Korah who didn't die, they were sinners too, though. In themselves, those children of Korah were no better than their father and the others who were destroyed with them. No. They didn't die because they were so much better. But they did not die because they held fast to God's grace. Korah's tent, remember, stood right next to the tabernacle and his children chose for God and his grace. They chose to follow Christ no matter what their father or anybody else said. And therefore they were not consumed. 
And this proclaims to us that whoever chooses for Christ will not be ashamed. They will not be consumed by God's righteous judgments because your sins were already judged and punished in Jesus Christ. In Christ, your day of judgment is already past then. Well, those children of Korah experienced the peace and joy of knowing that, even in their grief over their father. And later on, we know that they and their descendants became singers and songwriters in the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. In the book of Psalms, we have in the 40s and 80s Psalms, Psalms that were written by the sons of Korah. All Psalms of praise for the salvation proclaimed in God's house. Like Psalm 42, which we sang. It's a song of Korah. Sons of Korah. Psalm 42, verse 5, which we'll sing after the prayer of application. Contemplation, it says there in the Bible, of the sons of Korah. But the Lord will send salvation, and by day his love maintain. He will grant me preservation, and I will rejoice again. I will sing and pray at night to the God of life and light. He will in his mercy hear me and forevermore be near me of the sons of Korah. 